It's the happiest day of the year, September 11th. Oh, oh. I Good know. start. Great I know. best intro ever. I know. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 264. That's a shitload of episodes. Of yeah, we've done a lot. Podcast. We have done a lot. Um, it is a lot, but whatever. And we're what? Three video episodes in now? Yes. I think so. Or is this the fourth? I don't know. Either way, <laughs> I think it's last week was our first that didn't like go awry in some sort of we fashion. Guest, so that was good. Yeah, we still got. We're gonna have some more guests coming up, so that'll be good. Our friend Jonathan Klein is coming on the podcast. Oh yes, week. you guys will get to be in the bask in the glory of his kindness. Our friend Alana Share will be here in about two weeks. Yes, oh. which you guys are familiar with her now from her stuff at Edmonds. We're almost at well, so, sort of close. It's a little later in the year, but this year for LA Auto Show, we should try to line up some people. We absolutely should. So that'll be good. Um, and then, of course, after that, uh, we'll have SEMA coming up, too. Um, oh, someone just noticed that there's a new logo in the corner. Look at you. Look at you. Yes, there is. And that is a prelude of future design language. Someone is paying attention. That is the only place besides Patreon where I've shared some new design language. You can't see it on that screen, but the little watermark that sits... Uh, on a YouTube video to oh. show subscriber numbers. Yeah. I changed it. I'll show it to you later. Ah, okay. Um, so let's dive into the news. Um, first up, we have Bugatti. Bugatti has said that this generation W16 will be its last. Now, the Chiron and the Devo, the Devo, yeah, the Devo, this engine makes nearly 1,500 horsepower at this point. Now, does the Devo come with a special hat? The Devo does not come with a special hat. Um, you can click off that now. We only yeah. they only need to see it for a second, but that's a monster of an engine. Uh, it is. It's it's probably one of the most ridiculous engines in production. It's and so, production being a very lightly used term here. Well, I mean, it's it's production. That is a production. Car. I, no, I give them the. It's it's got like OEM fit and finish. It's yeah. not like a. It's not like you know. Not to take anything away from the Hennessy Venom because it's ridiculous, but yeah, that's totally like totally different. Put yep. together with parts. Right. This is. These are like, you can tell, these are cast aluminum pieces made for this motor. So it's 8 liters, quad turbo, first appeared in 2005 in the Veyron with a bit over 1,000 horsepower. Now it's up to 1,500. And Bugatti says, this is it. No more w 16 You know what? I still think that there's probably a lot more juice in that than 1,500. There probably is. It's pro- there probably is. There has to be. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see where Bugatti... Bugatti, Bugatti, where Bugatti goes with, they're obviously going to add electrification. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the easy way of doing it now. They already have displacement. They already have forced induction. They see that you know they're paying attention. They would never admit to paying attention to what another automaker does. They are absolutely paying attention to what Koenigsegg is doing, mm-hmm. what Rimac is doing, what even maybe Porsche in their own family is doing. Well, you know what this is? This is, um, I mean, they're just the kind of crazy, weird end of, of VW where I guarantee VW is making... If they're making any money at all on them, it's like negligible. This is just an R and D division that gets to they get to brag about. Yes, um, um, that's really what it is. Uh, yeah. And recently, one of the boss men, I think, it might have been Steven Winkelman, but I don't know for sure, came out and said uh, the car could do 280, but we don't need to try. Well, Matt, and the other thing is, is where are you going to get tires that are going to sustain that that are gonna that are not going to open them up to tons of liability? Michelin is doing research on it. Because, of course because they Koenigsegg are. is knocking on the door. Yeah. Hennessy is working with them, believe it or not, for the Venom F5 yeah. or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Bugatti has the Michelin pack system or whatever their tires are called. So Michelin is playing into this for unknown realm of 300 miles per hour. So someone's working on the tires. Uh, well, you know what? It's, it makes sense, I guess, because 
you're gonna we're still gonna hitting a wall, especially with people like the top end Porsches and the top end Corvettes. Where right. you're gonna be getting into the 250 realm probably in the next several years. Um, so they're gonna actually gonna need a production tire. Yeah. Um, either way, it's crazy. Uh, moving on to another bit of very odd news. I find this kind of crazy. Um, so Rolls Royce and Harvard are working on microbots for their new engine maintenance or for Go-bots. future engine maintenance. Here, click on it. Um, so. I'm going to click play on this just so you can see this. This is obviously conceptual, um, but they're, they're the world's smallest mechanics, four legs. They're, they want to get them smaller than they are Yeah, right and, now. and for those of you not watching the video, they almost look like wind-up or like cheap little experimental robot toys that you give to kids. Yes, they do. Um, so the, uh, the idea is that Rolls-Royce wants to make them smaller yeah. so that they can be put – so that they can do engine maintenance without removing the engine. They want to, and this is, I, I, I'm pre-warming up this joke. Yeah. The goal is to get them to 10 millimeters in diameter, which means you will lose them and never find them again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's, it's I, don't get me wrong. Like, this is cool, but it's totally wankery right now. Yeah. They're never going to do engine maintenance with, <laughs> with these little with robots. Tiny robots. No, it is. It is By it, the time that that's feasible, right. everything will be full electric. Yeah, totally. Um the goal is to reduce cost of engine maintenance, um, but it's—I mean—it's a cool thing that they can tell their customers, like, stick with us, and in twenty years, robots will. Well, be yeah, I mean, it's just like I operate—you know—I I operate my own little tech companies, and like there are the things that you're actually doing, and then there are things that like you're tangentially doing that right. you kind of say, "Hey, we've got this cooking," and it's just like, "Hey, we've got robot-powered monkey spiders." <laughs> You know, it's like... And Rolls Royce is like, tell me about the monkey spiders. Exactly. Uh, And like, you know that that's probably never going to be a shipping thing. But like, to a certain subset of people are like, oh, monkey spiders. How did we ever go with that? They've already done crazy ass shit, though, you know, where they're like, hey, what was your birthday? Okay, cool. So in the headliner of your your car, we're going to make it look like the night sky yeah. on the exact night you were born. Now, granted, that is much easier than 10 millimeter nanobots swarming your engine. Uh, yeah. The thing I find hilarious with that whole fiber optic thing is just like, like, who who cares? The person who bought that car cares a fucking shitload. I guarantee it. And then you know the guy who created it is very proud of his work. But if you know how like, like if you and I are like, hey, we... I got, I'm making 30 more horsepower because of this mod. We'd both be like, oh, that's pretty sweet. This dude to his other rich friends is like, hey, lean back. See that? That's the night I was born. Fucking now suck it. Take see, it the, next, the next version in all. the future is just going to be like, see, we've traveled back in time and taken a video of your conception. Here are your parents fucking on the dashboard. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. Now, in other wacky-ass Demonetized, news, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Not yet. Uh, but in other wacky-ass news, BMW has built a self-riding motorcycle, which is stupid. Uh, it's very dumb. At first glance, it's very dumb. But the real goal of this is to increase uh, safety and the understanding of bike dynamics so it's not actually stupid. Like, the data they can glean yeah. is, is pretty good. But, um, you know... And then another thing I think is maybe for a future... So, like, the idea... I In my head, I'm not a bike guy. I think that motorcycle guys, though, are the type who get a motorcycle to get away from driving aids, to, to do it themselves. A lot of guys, yeah. But at the same time, like, if you're on a really monotonous, like... Like, this is a touring bike. This is not a sport bike, right? right? Like, if you're on the kind of ride where you'd actually would 
really utilize that for what it's worth. I could totally see having kind of an auto drive thing. See, I didn't even to think of it possible. that way for adventure like, bikes, useful. long stretches. What I was even thinking is commuter bikes. Your daily commute mm-hmm. might be nice with some like su- like it knows that car's merging before you know it. So things like that. So yeah, I, in theory, I joke it's that almost it's, easy, it's almost easier to implement than it is. Uh, in a car just because you have fewer variables to control. Yeah. Can we go back to that one more time? Just because the way it the way it stops and parks itself is actually pretty badass. Like that it, that's it, it slows and and then drops its own kickstand. To the correct side. It might have two, but it's I mean that's pretty badass. All yeah. right. Um so that that's cool. And then as far as news goes, that's it. That's all I got this week. Yeah, well it's gonna be a little Spartan for because we're coming up on auto show season. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, and Dina, that logo is not the super taillight. It is not a super taillight. You know what it is. So don't give me shit about it. <laughs> um, and I love that logo, and I'm very happy about it. Uh, somebody said here, cruise control, heated grips, auto blipper, for sure. Yeah, all that stuff would be certainly great. Um, and, oh, Ben knows what it is. Thank you, Ben. Um, okay, so we're moving on to questions because, and I'm not selling us short by jumping into questions now. We have some cool what's up with our car stuff later on or, like, stuff we're driving. I drove, I told you last week I couldn't tell you yeah. what I was driving, but I could tell you. I mean, I could tell you what I'm driving. They just didn't want me sharing it on social media so that every other auto journalist was clamoring for this car, which I don't know why, but I'm not going to question their logic. So they just didn't want to be pestered. I get it. I, I guess, but it's their job to be pestered. That is true. Um, so Patreon questions first because, you know, they're better than everybody. Um, Bobby Reed asks, which new car is most negatively impacted by equipping it with an automatic transmission? Tough question because most automatic transmissions are good. I would vote for, even though they've sort of fixed it by moving to the 10-speed, which is better, I hated GM's 8-speed. You know I hated it. Uh, yeah, it was not great. I mean... So then, so Camaro. Yeah, Camaro or, or you know, I think maybe the biggest one you can make the argument for would be the CTS-V. Yeah. Uh, just because there is no other option. At least the Camaro, you could buy a manual. That was a pretty good manual, too. Uh, well, it's a Tremec. I mean, Tremecs always right. make good manuals. Like, people are like, oh, there's such and such manuals better than the other. And it's just like, you realize that most of the manuals you end up driving are Tremecs. I, I had to click off. It was still playing the bike gif on this computer. It was to, driving you nuts. I had nuts. to click off. And like, yeah. oh, okay, I got it. Kickstand. Cool. Um, um, the, I think the more interesting question, to flip Bobby's question around, not that your question's not interesting, Bobby, which car is negatively impacted with the manual option? Because there are some out there. Um you know, there was an intimate, uh, interesting uh, sentiment from from Farah a couple of weeks ago. I, I happened to catch his uh, ZR1 review, and he's like, this car is so fast, I couldn't keep up with it with a manual. Hmm. Um, he's like, so there are definitely those cars. Like, So it, it'd be, that car would be fun on the street with a stick, but on the racetrack... It's too. Want. It's probably too much to handle. Yeah. I mean, it's you're already in overload of trying to keep up with the speed of that, and then like being brave enough to dive into the braking zone that those massive brakes can handle. Right. And like, I think a GT3 is like, it's more enjoyable to screw around with with the manual. Yeah. But a GT3, like, I've I haven't driven the new GT3 in a manual. Mm-hmm. But I drove the 997, and then I've driven the 991. Mm-hmm. And the 991 with the, with the PDK is so much better. Right. Because it's just, that car is frantic. So I have two of them. They're both Volkswagens. The Golf R, believe it or not, is better with the DSG. Yep. And then the Golf Volkswagen All-Track Wagon is also better with the DSG. 
Yes. It's just Volkswagen sticks aren't the greatest. And they never really have been. Those gearboxes are just so suited to those cars. It's, I mean, as much as as a sh- as much of a shame as it is, those cars are better with the the um, automatics. And, and the funny thing is, for all of kind of the quirky stuff that Volkswagen has had over the years, yeah. as soon as they released that dual clutch back in the GTI years ago, like ten years ago, right? It was great back then, and it's been great since. They yes. they have managed. Kudos to Volkswagen. They have managed to not fuck up their dual clutch. Um, um, thank you, Brendan. Which um, you can't say the same for like Mercedes. Mercedes yeah. dual clutch sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I only know about vintage Benzes, so I don't even know. I don't even know. Have you ever driven a, a CLA forty five? Yes, I drove it at the launch. Okay. I oh, you drove it. the you drove the the GLA forty five too, right? No, I've never driven the GLA. Ah, CLA forty five had fantastic steering. Yes, but the only thing is, is the transmission felt like it was having a hiccup every time you went to go and change gears. Yes. Um, Marshall Cash asks, if you could take one of the buggies from your wide open <coughs> video this morning anywhere in the U.S. except the Southwest Desert, where would you drive it? New York City, Road Atlanta, Seattle, public roads in Virginia. I would use that and go on a road trip to visit all of the national parks. I'm a changed man after Yosemite. But I would, I mean, the, it, Are was, you? it would, I would try to visit the national parks using as few bits of road as possible. I mean, I know you need to use road because uh, you just need to use road at some points, um, but that's what I would do. I would I would take that buggy on an epic road so trip. So where you're going, there are no roads? Well, there will be roads, but I like your sentiment. Yes. Uh, Dina Honda, hey guys, love the new set and the video podcast. Thank you. So it, Chris worked hard on this, so yeah. yeah. I, so I've been noticing on Bring a Trailer that many of the Porsche cars are reserve not met and are not selling. Uh, and I just want to... Tell everybody asking questions on the live stream. Well, we're paying attention to these other questions. After we get through with them, we're going to go back and see what your questions might be. So we're not ignoring you. I just can only have one window up at a time. Um, so I've been noticing on Bring a Trailer that many of the Porsche cars are reserved, not met, and are not selling. Has the Porsche bubble popped, or are these owners just thinking they can get more and setting the reserve too high? Uh, so we're going to answer that question first because he has two questions. So yep. I think the ultimate Porsche test is coming. This October 27th, I believe, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. RM Sotheby's is hosting a 70th anniversary Porsche auction with nothing but Porsche stuff. Right. So depending on how stuff sells there, now granted, it's going to be, this is why I think it's actually going to be the good test, is because if these people aren't buying Porsche stuff at reserve prices, and, and then a yes, then I will agree with you that the Porsche bubble, I don't think it's an explosive pop. I think it's a and then the air will slowly I think, fizzle out. I think you're right. That's probably going to be the best test. I think we've just hit the plateau. I think we've hit the reasonable amount of money that people are willing to pay for things. And there's some crazy shit they're selling. I just wrote an article on Motor Authority today. There's a, a Porsche 1983 Porsche 956 Group C race car. It didn't win at Le Mans, but it won at... Um, it won shit. It was one of the uh, U.S. races. Gary's Festival of Speed. <laughs> no, it, it it placed third at other major tracks. It did, um, you know, it's raced at Brands Hatch. I think it raced at Road Atlanta, Mugello, Silverstone. So this is a a race proven Group C nine five six, and the estimate yeah. is like somewhere between five and nearly seven million. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that sells. Hmm. So and it's, it's got provenance, but it's not like the big winner. No, so it's not like a Lamar winning car. I don't like think it'll Stephen pull it. Beloff's car. I, I don't know, man. That's a that's a hell of a of a machine, though. That's like such a, a Group C yeah. Porsche is amazing. Now the 962 after it is a beast. The 917 before it is 
more desirable, though technically not as good because the 956 was the first one with the monocoque. So I don't know. It, it just blows my mind that like, you know, what are relatively, uh, you know, the the anything in the 911 range has that kind of crazy value outside of like an RS or something like that has that kind of value attached to it. Right. And I mean a classic RS, not a current RS. Right, right, right. Um, like 73. And not like I could see it with like a Carrera GT or a 959 or that kind of stuff that's super limited run. Yeah. But like cars that are, you know, these are not like ultra rare by any stretch. Um, Porsches, yeah, like 911s. I think what we're going through right now with certain classic cars is exactly what we saw with muscle cars in the early 2000s. Hemis and shit. Yeah, and like you can easily go and buy one for 35 grand today. Yeah, I mean some of those Mopars still hold their value, but not like that. This is one of 17. No, I mean every convertibles. That was also in the age of us giving credit to people that shouldn't have been getting credit, (laughs) uh, which we're back to, strangely. So be prepared for Chevelle's to be $90,000 again. So what did you do do to earn this car? Well, I, too, owned a a subprime mortgage company, um, and I am cashing out and running. Bye, bitches. Or I, too, now own four mortgages on my $300,000 property in Florida. But I got a sweet-ass Hemi. Woo! Um, His second part of his question. Also, is there a way for me to get rid of my 2016 Mark 7 GTI that has been sitting in my garage for over a year and has less than 5,700 miles on it? I still owe on the loan, and every month when I make the payment, I keep asking myself why I'm paying for a car I don't drive. I want to buy another car, but my wife wife says, when are you going to put, where are you going to put it since the garage is full with S2000 GTI? Two CBR 600 You sir sound tragically upside down on that. Yeah. You need to find a way out of that thing. I, um, I, You know what? To be honest, you sound so upside down. Unless you hate that car, drive it for a year or two because, like, you are going to lose your ass. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I mean, it's a good, it's a good car. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of – I don't know what you owe on it, but it sounds like it's not in a great place. Dan Mosqueda. <laughs> yeah. Chris, did you see the story about a guy cracking the code on a Tesla and opening the car up? What kind of encryption do you think these companies use? Uh, they, I mean, it depends on what um, – I did not see that specific story, but having, you know, knowing a fair bit about this and then talking to, like, people over at APR and Dynan and stuff like that, it really varies wildly from the from the company company, like the methods of encryption that they use. And like sometimes there'll be several different methods within a single car. Sometimes the things are centrally stored, like the GM stuff. Generally, you'll have like your main ECU, and then you'll have a body control module, and those are two things. And like the main that ECU was my is name cracked. In college. Body control module. Yeah. Body control module. <laughs> you just popped and locked all the I time. I just get excited because we have video format, so I can do dumb mm-hmm. shit like that, and it translates a little bit better. At least for for a portion a portion of yeah. the audience. So, um, but like you know, you get into like the German stuff, and then they'll have like multiple different systems that are encrypted. So it's it's really bizarre how they do stuff um i couldn't other than the fact that like i think they're it's a product of them splitting different engineering teams up of like you guys build this part and you guys build this part and you guys build this part that might explain why it's so different but yeah it varies wildly there's no real rhyme or reason to it right russell gorley you have a a one hundred thousand dollar budget to buy two vehicles new or used one of which must fit three child-sized passengers one must be good in the canyons, and one must generate attention at a cars and coffee. Rear-wheel drive is preferred in at least one of the vehicles. What would you choose? I would build my wagon out even more so than I'm planning because it satisfies mm-hmm. all of that. So there's my answer. That's not the real answer. The real answer is... How I many... Would, this was three children in the back? 
It just says three children. So I would have a Range Rover and a, a 68 Dodge Charger with Hotchkiss suspension so it handles in the canyons. Well, I guess the question on that is, is there a spouse? <laughs> that The Range Rover would be the other car. Yeah. Uh, Full-size Range Rover, please. Um, you know what you could do is you could do what I did and just buy a Macan and then go buy something else real fun. Because mm -hmm. I only paid – well, I say only, but like from where it started on the sticker price, I paid forty grand for my Macan. And that's perfectly reasonable car for like a family, um, and it's actually still fast. So yeah, um, and then you get sixty grand to go do something else with. There you go, Craig on McBride. My folks are thinking about buying a C6. Dad wants a Z06, obviously, and Mom just wants a pretty one. Should I try to convince them on a Grand Sport as a happy medium, or stay out of it and let Dad convince Mom to get the Monster? It's not a bad move to get the Grand Sport to keep Mom happy, though you could probably find a pretty Z06 as well. Um, yes. So here are the things. The Z06 is a little bit lighter, but the LS7 can be a bit more temperamental of an engine. Um, the Grand Sport, of course, is the all-steel chassis, which actually is a tiny bit stiffer. Um, and uh, it also has the LS3, which is bomb-proof. Um, and you'll pay less for it. So the Grand Sport's not a bad option because otherwise, other than the engine, there in the in the you know difference between aluminum and, and steel on the chassis, there's not a lot different there. And you could take that difference in price and throw it into a head and cam package on the LS3 and make more power than the Z06 ever did. Um, all right, uh, we're moving. That was a good answer. We're moving to the Twitter questions, and I have to just make sure I Twata. find the right ones because there was one that came earlier in the day and I, I want to make sure I don't miss it. Oh, uh, Freddie uh, Tavares at The Real Tavares asked, will, will the McLaren 675 LT appreciate? Um, Not for a long time. I mean, I don't think it's going to drop. I just don't see it shooting up yet either. Talk to me in 30 years. I don't um, know about 30. 30 seems like a lot. I, we'll see. Who knows? The, there might be a dis dystopian wasteland and no super It takes cars. a long time. I mean, look. let's look at like something that's relatively contemporary, like a 360 or a 430. Those certainly aren't really appreciating at this point. That's true. They're slowly climbing back to what they may have originally sold for, but they're still fairly shy of that. That is a good point. Um, view from the deck. I don't even know if this was a reply to my question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Hi, Jeff. Really enjoy your work. Any reviews from you of the Mazda CX-5 anywhere? I found the video review for the CX-3, but it's just too small for the family. So I'm guessing that was just a random tweet, but I'm going to answer it. And no, <laughs> I don't think I've reviewed a CX-5, even though I own a CX-5. I will reply to that question. And all of those, the, all of those Mazda SUVs in that lineup, I've, I, the only one I haven't been in is the 9. The 9's great. Um, as I understand it, should be, because yeah. the other two are great. Uh, the CX-3 drives amazingly. The CX-5 is a happy medium with giving you more space, and it drives well. And then the CX-9 is just really nice and still drives well. Yeah. Um, Mazda is maybe at the top of the design game right now. Um, yeah. All their stuff is pretty. And as a matter of fact, I actually, I don't know, shoot me maybe, but I like the new Accord too. Uh, Rob Booth asks, at Rob A. Booth, as cars become more reliant on tech and consequently become less driver experience oriented and more autonomous, will this have an effect on automotive journalism? How do you plan on staying relevant in the future, e.g. becoming more specialized on the tech aspect? And how will the substance of your reviews change more emphasis on occupant accessories and amenities? I don't see them, I don't think they're ever going to be a point that, at least soon, like in the distant future, sure, but I think even as these cars become more tech focused, 
we're not at the point we're not at the cliff yet for autonomy so you have yeah. com companies like Porsche with the, the taken seats taken and that's going to be a blast to drive I'm sure uh, Rimac you have Faraday Future uh, Lucid Lucid Air I think is one of the cars just lapped yeah. the just lapped Laguna Seca as fast as a Boss 302 I don't know if that was autonomous or not. Um, and then, uh, there, so there are, and Teslas, you know, it, have crazy performance. If you want to drive, there will be enthusiast options. They just will exist. And then if if the market moves on and I don't want to cover that stuff, I will just drive classic shit on a closed course somewhere. You know, this and, is... And scream into the void. I'm going to point back to the old Jay Leno saying of like, horses didn't stop being around because cars came out yes like there will always be a subset of people that enjoy horses likewise there will always be a weird subset of people like us that want to manually drive some Don't check my thing. browser history yes <laughs> it'll be, there'll be a weird subset of people like us that want to drive internal combustion engines down down roads you know and and look like mr burns with, with his velociped yes exactly great yes exactly 100 percent. revulcanize the tires and fill it with petroleum <laughs> post haste yes um all right facebook questions ross ballot will the wombat be completed by project car state of the union 2019 so this week we're doing on hooniverse.com we're doing uh we call it sotu s-o-t-u our state of the union where i get every Everybody who's contributed for us recently or in the past few years to talk about give us the state of their union of their project car so we're in the midst of that and i say the wombat will be driving by uh project car so to 2019 i don't know if i'll have it in a place where like it's done but it'll be driving it will be my dealer driver by that point i'm convinced of that i'm very it's basically been the entire length of this podcast like since we've been doing it yeah fuck um, <laughs> I, no, I'm legitimately applauding on that. No, no, but it sucks too. Uh, Tommy Loretto, can you tell us non-New England people if there is much of a people culture or difference, cultural difference between the North Shore and the South Shore? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Uh, I'm from the North Shore and I'm wearing these preppy as fuck shorts right now and I have a shirt from Plum Island and the South Shore, they'd beat me up for this. Yes, I have family from the <laughs> South Shore and they would get drunk and punch Jeff. Though... The South Shore, though, like you said, you hadn't been in Southie for a while. And it's the, way different now. It's it's like... It's Yuppieville. It almost looks like uh, being up in San Francisco. It's Yuppieville. Um, it's like lots of high-end hotels. Like, we got out of, we got out of Logan, and um, uh, my, my business partner had booked uh, this hotel for a meeting that we were having down there, and we're driving around, and I'm like, what in the hell? This does not look like where people dump bodies anymore. No, it's no longer the real-life departed... Uh, but there's a huge difference between North Shore and South Shore. Yeah, and it, it depends. As you go further South Shore, it becomes similar back again to North Shore. Yeah, and, and just to be very clear, like, the way that that was depicted in The Departed was not that far from reality. No, not at all. You know? Not at all. Um, minus Alec Baldwin's accent. Russell Turnbull, why isn't there a direct competitor to the GTI who could or should step up and make a fun two-box hatch? I'm going to be talking about the Veloster in a minute here. So... Hold on. It was. I, I think the ST was a legitimate competitor. It's a competitor. It just depends what or you want more was. of. was. Yeah, right. Uh, it depends yeah. what you wanted more of. To me, the GTI was just a little bit more grown up and nicer inside. Yeah. But it was more expensive. On, on that too. same topic, I was very amused when Ford basically came back and, and yelled at the president this week. They're like, uh, yeah, that's not how terrorists work. We're not right. just going to build it here because... Things are no longer economical to build in China. Right. Um, I found that very funny. They're like, Mr. President, here's how economics actually work. No, shit's now more expensive. Yeah. Um, 
We're not just, oh, just close up the factories. Fuck them. Um, yeah, the, the really disconcerting thing is that's actually affecting people that like were working here. Like, yeah, they would have had jobs based on importing those vehicles and marketing them and bringing them in. It's just now that the tariffs are on, like all those people are out. Sure, it wasn't factory workers, but it was everybody else that were supported that vehicle line is now out of work. Right. Russell Turnbull. Oh, no, we just did that one. Niles Rogers. Why is Acura so underrated and not talked about in the automotive world? Acura has this weird problem where they make a few good things and then they take a few steps back. Uh, I love their hybrid powertrain because it's similar. It's the same idea of what they put in the NSX, just scaled mm-hmm. for everyday use. So that's really cool. And the SHL all-wheel drive system is very, very it's nicely really done. Good. The interiors, it's the most comfortable seats consistently for me are Acura front seats. They are just perfect mm-hmm. for my body um the sound systems are always amazing the looks have gotten better ever since they've reworked the beak yeah well they've know, kind they of almost flat awesome out head. ditched the beak now it, uh, yeah it's just a big ass grill now um so i yeah they, they were just tragically on the track but like remember when like the tls and everything first came out yeah they were good looking cars everybody liked them they were right. handled well you know it was just we went through a solid 10, 12 years of them just making awkward-looking cars. Right. Um, they've always been good driving cars, though. I still like the ZDX um, because it was like driving a concept car, Yeah. even though it was dumb. When, at my old place, and I, when, uh, back when I lived um, you know, just a few miles away from here on the water, the, uh, my, my neighbor had – she had just bought a brand-new TL, and it was – white with a tan interior so it was like the boca raton classic yeah and i and i just asked her i go eve why the hell did you buy that thing and she goes because they basically wanted to pay me to take it you know they couldn't get rid of those cars uh yeah exactly um so you know they were good right and everyone i know who has an mdx or an rdx fucking loves it and usually buys another one yeah, so, I uh, bet you the attach rate on those is very similar to like the Lexus RX. I bet you. Uh, yes, I agree with yeah. that. Um, Russell Turnbull, another question. Will the mid-engine Corvette get some kind of performance boost through electrification like the NSX or more expensive? Not initially. Cars? Not initially. I agree. Probably the ZR1. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I, that, but there's a lot of Hawaiian shirts that would be like, what you mean? It's like my iPhone now. Yeah. So, uh, well, there's look at all accent. the people that every time a Corvette story comes up, they bitch about it going rear drive. They're like, oh, it can't be named Corvette. And it's just like, well, get over it. It is. Um, and uh, the one that still kills me every time, well, it's going to be more expensive because it's mid-engined. Well, how does the bill of goods change from moving the engine from the right. front to the middle? So that's instant 20000 right on top. Yeah. Mid-engine? Oh, it's it's a tax, right? It's a mid-engine tax. It's I've literally. Oh, I've, let's see here. Is that the mid-engine tax? Check. Yeah, I, I've literally talked to the people that are working on this program. It costs them no more to produce that than it does a regular one. There you go. So I don't think. Well, like we said, electrification not initially, at least. Yeah. Ross Ballot, if the wombat was a beer, what kind of beer would it be? It would be one that has been fermenting for way too fucking long. Uh, but hopefully when it's done, it's like the most delicious, amazing sour you've ever had. Sour because not everybody's going to like it, but those who get it <laughs> think it's fucking delicious. And that was a way better analogy off the top of my head than I thought it was. I, I give you credit for that. Thank Jeff. you. Um, we're going to look back. I'm just going to scroll through the YouTube stuff here. Again, Brandon and the YouTube. Thank you. The YouTubes. Uh, my Golf DSG lags a lot when pulling away from junctions. First gear sucks in, in, DS, in most in DSGs. 
Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a little shitty in the in my car now too. Uh, car cane, best two car garage for combined thirty thousand um, dollars. Thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand. That's probably like a FRS. I would want some sort of fuck. I don't know because I kind of want a muscle car in there, and then I don't know what I would put mu- next to the muscle car to balance it out. Yeah. Uh, well, half of it could be my Fiesta ST, which is now for sale. Yeah, but I need a little bit more space than that. Um, uh, I don't know. My my buddy, I posted this on Instagram. My buddy Anthony, who we're going to get on the, the podcast at some point, he has a three-car garage, and it's not – It's well, the Chevelle might be pushing, but he has a Chevelle that's super clean, a Nova he's been working on, and then um, uh, an El Camino that I just drove, and it's, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, so you, it's possible to do it. I would say, let's see, if you were going to do that, and this is clearly somebody that's trying to work with this under a tight budget, I'd buy a flood damaged FRS or BRZ, right? Get a motor swap in there with like an LS or something and put some, uh, yeah, do the suspension for drift, have that, and then just go buy a daily. Yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Like a used uh, extended cab pickup or something like that. Something quasi-practical. There you go. Uh, Nick O'Brien, this is the last uh, YouTube question for the moment before we get to dive into some other stuff. Nick O'Brien asked, Jeff, good sours to try that I can get in Colorado. Paradox is your best friend. Go find beers from Paradox. I've never had a bad one from them, and they make a lot of different ones. Paradox is the shit. Um, Okay. Now, (laughs) (laughs) so car news. My wide open Baja video is up. Yeah. And I'm really proud of it, which is that which is why it currently has so little views. I know that when I put my heart and soul into a video, nobody's gonna watch it. I, I expect that. I know it's gonna happen. But please tell go watch it, go share it. Uh, just cause we put a lot of effort into it. Josh worked hard on the shooting. I destroyed a GoPro in a hilarious manner, and then it took me a while to edit it just because there was so much goddamn footage, and then I just discovered, because I'm constantly learning. I, I didn't go to school for Premiere, which is very clear, um, or editing, um, but I just discovered editing with proxies, mm-hmm. where you create a... Um, yeah, it's basically you can scrub through it real fast. Yeah, so it's making like a mirror version of the file. Mm-hmm. You can edit using those proxies, and then it reverts once you're done to the full versions, so mm-hmm. like full quality, and it just... Now, instead of, like, laggy computer shit, it blows through. You know what you should try, too, just because you're you're working on that Mac Pro? Mm-hmm. Try Final Cut. I don't want to, though. It re- It's <laughs> so fast. I, ever since I switched to the proxies, it's amazing. Yeah. And I didn't have any trouble until I used this footage from Josh where he was shooting with a Panasonic GH5, but he had a separate external recorder mm-hmm. to capture the data so it was like so higher had, bit video yeah he had a super high oh bit rate God. it was yeah yeah it was and your system is not a slouch no it's not but I, this you've was got like, a you've got a 12 a 12 core box with 64 gigs of ram when we used to shoot full-scale videos like we used to do which we don't really do as much of them anymore when we used to go out and shoot it i would come back and get like 20 to max 50 gigabytes of video yeah after we got back from Baja, I had nearly 500 gigabytes of video. Yeah. So just, and it was all because of the file sizes on Josh's shit. It was so much bigger. So go watch that video. It is probably going to be literally right below this video. Um, and for those of you listening on Shout Engine, go to the YouTube channel. Yeah. Also, for everybody listening, um, 
you know, we do this on Tuesday nights. Usually we start between 7 and 8 o'clock um, Pacific. Um, so check us out. Come in, say hi. Uh, I know it's not workable for everybody, but, um, you know, we're trying to... You we're mean try- virtually? Like, don't knock on your door? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Just get us, uh, fine. You know... You said stop by, man. Stop, stop by. Man. Watch us live. You know, bring something to eat. We'll nosh. Uh, if you bring a beer. Yeah. But um, try out the YouTube thing. I mean, this is a and grand speaking, experiment. He's speaking to the Shout Engine people right now. Obviously, yeah. the YouTube people, you're here already. So thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for participating. Okay, um, so I want to bring up, last week I said there's a car that I can't talk about. Yes. Um, I've been driving the Aston Martin Vantage for, well, they, they were supposed to pick it up. I thought yesterday, mm-hmm. they're like, no, no, we're picking up tomorrow. And I got an email from them today, like, hey, we're too busy. Can we pick it up on Wednesday? So I've been driving it for like three days Did you days drive longer. it here? Yeah, it's outside. Okay. Um, you all know that I'm a massive homer for all things Aston Martin. Like, I unapologetically like their stuff, though I can, I know when, I never liked their sports shift transmission. Their infotainment used to be garbage until they sp- switched to the AMG back stuff. Yeah. Um, so I can fully admit, yet still appreciate, the flaws and the beauty and the amazingness and blah, blah, blah. This Vantage is the best car they've ever built. It is that good. It damn well should be. It is. It's better than the DB11. I, when we get Klein in here next week, he's driven the DBS. So it's going to be a great little chat back and forth about you know why one would be better than the other. It's such a tight package. The engine sounds just like so buff and ready to go the command system works oh fine. so it's a tight package that's buff and it's ready to go buff it's like this is like the new season of always sunny in philadelphia mm-hmm. mac is gay now in season 13 is well he's always been but no, i love I know, it but now last like, year last year they just like okay yeah he's gay now yeah but he's also like he's tough tone and fit um yeah, it was he's disturbingly so yeah it's fat and he's been fat before like that dude's amazing but the, I, I was reading up on that right and he's like yeah i'm just fucking with the idea of like yeah. where a sitcom star needs to be ripped he's like there's no need well he there's says as no a sitcom need. progresses the stars get better looking because they yeah. have money so he did the opposite which is just so good uh, but back to the vantage the steering is perfect um the engine noise on when you let off like throttle overruns it's i it's the first time I did it, I thought something broke under the You car. know what you should do? It's so much louder than I expected. When you edit the video, you should call it the Mac. The Mac. The, uh, <laughs> no, not everybody would get that reference. I'm literally going to say Aston Martin Vantage, the best Aston Martin. It is the best Aston Martin. Outside of like insane one-offs that I've never driven. You know, like the V8 Signet might be the best one ever built. The 177, the Falcon, the Falcon, the Valkyrie, just in their I really, road cars. My, my favorite is the V12 Vantage. This is, this is better, and I loved the V12. Vantage. And you remember the blue V12 Vantage that was yes. going around like seven or eight years ago? Yes, that one was. Oh, beautiful. this car is so. Oh, the I seats get. are better. The the audio system somehow is a little bit better. It's just it and everything works. This everything is in it works. Not VH which is platform, new for them. right? It it has like a tiny bit of VH, yeah. but it's it's seventy like percent new parts, and then like. 10% of those came from DB11 and then 70% is Vantage and then like a, a smattering of like probably like a VH weld right it's like mostly not VH okay but I guess they they have they're like there's like there's like a tiny bit of VH so what's the deal with the transmission it's um it's just the ZF transaxle so it's fine yeah and they're going to do a manual at some point 7 speed manual Okay. Which will be interesting to see where it fits. If you look in the center stack, it's going to be interesting to see where they... They're basically going to have to 
get rid of the cup holders to put a manual in there. Yeah, probably. Um, but whatever. It's it'll be a it'll be probably a Tremec, and you know. No, it, uh, actually, I don't remember what they used. Do they use Tremex? Yeah, they they used to use Tremex. Okay. I don't know what they had been in recent years, but yeah, like all the automated manuals were all Tremex because they were is, basically um, just Corvette transmissions. This this is the best Aston Martin they've ever built. It's I love it. Now, so before the Vantage, I had the new Veloster. It's really good. We drove it here. We talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, I'm dying to drive the N. But this is where it used to be an economy car. It is now far sportier. It is, it's sportier than the Golf. I'm talking about the R-Spec, Turbo R-Spec specifically. So it's sportier than a Golf, but it's just not quite a GTI. They aimed for the GTI with the first car, and they just they missed. It was their first time out. It wasn't and even it, close. No, I know it wasn't. But it, they, they aimed for it, and like, I feel like somebody pulled, pulled back on the reins and went, whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta mellow this thing out a little bit, and they missed, and they actually took the feedback and like improved it, yeah. which is nice. It's so much better. It's so much better. So, so I think it's gonna go like if you lined up, lined up golf yep. and Veloster, it'll it'll go like um, it'll go you know base Veloster, then it'll go golf, then it'll go R spec, Velost, uh, it'll go. R spec GTI just barely ahead, and then N over that, and then Golf R. I think. Okay. I think the Golf R is going to be just slightly better than the N. Yeah, something tells me that their chassis tuning and dynamics is probably going to be better on the Golf. I don't know though. I don't know because I think this is the one where the the Beerman guy is really putting like steering tuning and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I can't remember. I think the it was, N's going to make better noise than the R. I think it was Demuro that put out the video of going like, the Focus RS is good, but the Golf is the Golf R is the better car. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I agree entirely. After getting you know in the middle of getting rid of my my Fiesta ST for the exact reasons why. Doug is right on that video. Speaking he, of Doug for a minute. Yeah. Dude is making some good cash. So congratulations, Doug. Yeah. On new 4GT because those are not cheap. No, no. Those I didn't I didn't know Doug was doing that well. I know I knew Doug was doing well. Yeah. I didn't know he was doing 4GT well, but you I mean you look how big his channel is. Big channels with that consistently return high views. And here's the here's the great thing is he's got enough income coming in off of that. And enough of a following that he can legitimately write that off as a, as, on his taxes. It's 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 impressive. I'm and, and when I say write that off, for you, Doug, it, it's amazing. When so. I say write that off, for people that aren't familiar, you don't get to write off the whole value, but you get to write off a pretty good chunk. Yeah. So um, so, <laughs> congratulations, Doug. I was I yeah. did not expect. As a matter of fact, we should call Doug up and see if he can come. We've up and chatted do it. on Twitter, and I, I, I think he just has to be in the area. Yeah, it's just uh, one of those things where like I've done. Multiple shows with Doug in the past, yeah. and it's just uh, we try gotta... to reach out and set that up though for sure. Yeah, um, just so we can see his four GT, which he probably wouldn't drive all the way up here. But yes, whatever. and Freddie, we're gonna hit you up over video real soon too. Um, so uh, the Veloster was awesome. I'm getting the Volkswagen Passat GT, which I'm just curious about. It's like a slightly yeah. sportier Passat. So I have uh, I have an uh, an interesting, although not exciting, vehicle coming in two days. Uh, I have the Chevy Bolt coming. I'm curious about the Bolt. Have you you hadn't driven it? I don't have a place to plug in, so I haven't driven an electric. Neither car. do I, which is going to make it an interesting test. Right. So um, so that's good. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. And then to after hear that, about. I have the ZR2 coming. Oh, the ZR2 is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so important project car news. It's finally happening. Insert finally happening GIF. We should have that ready. It's, it's finally happening. Um, the Wombat will be on a lift. 
later this week. Good. Getting shit done to it. Good. So uh, stay tuned for photos and all that shit. So. It's amazing how quickly things are moving now that you've just committed to doing a different engine platform. And also spending money. That helps. That helps. Helps a lot for the builder, not for my bank account. Yeah. Um, now, I want to click over to talk about something I'm driving tomorrow. Yep. Pull that Let up. Let me uh, zoom in here to get this kind of... Uh... I'm, driving, I'm driving a vehicle oh, built I already by did zoom in. Classic Car Studio. It's this truck. It's an 86 Silverado with Z06 power. Let me see what it says over here. Uh, Z06 power, HRE wheels, sequential gearbox. Jeez. Wait, no. R1 sequential setup paired with the T56 Magnum. Yeah. Uh, Magnaflow exhaust. I mean, and I enjoy that, that quite a bit dope. because that is the same vintage Chevy pickup my dad had when I was a Look kid. That. Yeah. Look at that. There's so much room for activities. Um, come back to us now. That, yeah. So I'm, I'm driving... That truck tomorrow, and I'm fucking stoked. Um, it's going to be a little bit more. That I should give it my Hoon truck plate because I saved one. Yeah. I'll be like, no, you deserve this a lot. We're trying to line do. up doing the podcast with them, too. We're not sure if that's happening or not right now. So this so. is from the guy who owns uh, Classic Car Studio based in St. Louis, which is also has a reality build show, which I'll, we'll talk about that with him a little bit, um, called Speed is the New Black. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, their truck. I didn't realize that, yeah, when Corey talked to me about lining this up, I didn't realize that that's who that was. Um, okay. The other thing that's interesting I can tell from looking at the picture here is, and I'll switch back over for the people that are YouTubing it, um, this right here, it's got factory manifolds on the exhaust, so it's probably entirely emissions legal. Hmm, interesting. Um, because you put a newer motor in an older car, right. and you can still get that escape by so long as you can get it written off. Well, there you go. I, and I, I lined up, uh, just today, I lined up another car that you're going to like. Okay. Our friends at Height Suspension. Oh, yeah. those guys. We had them on the show at SEMA uh, last year. They have a fully worked fourth-gen Camaro. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a shit about fourth-gen Camaros. Oh, I've we talked about this project with them before. So this is going to be eye-opening for me. Yeah, well, the thing that you may not... Have you ever driven one of those, a fourth gen? No. Uh, it's a lot of motor in a car that doesn't weigh a lot. They're a lot faster than people think they are. Uh, okay, but, it, yeah. I mean, the interior is made out of garbage bags, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but everything was back then. Right. Um, it's comfortable. It's not... I'll give it that much. Like, yes, it looks like junk, but at the very least, like, ergonomically, it's okay. So... Um, We'll see. I'm, I'm very curious about it. It's going to be really interesting. I'm assuming that on the Heights car, what they did is they put, put the IRS on it, right? I believe so. Yes, which is an expensive kit, but that would be something I'd be very interested in trying. Uh, yeah, so it's coming in two weeks, I think, uh, or maybe next week. I have it on my calendar. I forget. Uh, but it's coming down to Lake Forest, so if you wanted to see it, you would have to drive down there. Uh, if I can, I may come down. And, or I will just bother the people at Con Media and go, hey. You could do that, too. That and, you know, we had them on the show last year. And right. I'd be good to catch up. Um, absolutely. So we've got some cool car shit coming up. Um, I'm, I'm going to some – I don't have a lot of trips coming up. Nothing you guys would be too crazy about. I'm going to be driving the 2019 A6 and A7. We all – care more about the s and rs versions of yeah. those cars um, but they'll be interesting because they're both redesigned and those ones have become long in the tooth compared to the rest of the family and it's in napa so i might get drunk on wine and do a podcast i mean you never know 
Uh, I'm very unprofessional. For a second there, I, said, I thought you were going to, yeah, I might get drunk and just go drive around for a little no, while. No, no, no. After the driving's done, just have way too much wine because it's Napa and then wake up and feel like shit for my You're going to go do your Paul Giamatti impression, aren't you? <laughs> no, because I like Merlot. Um, so <laughs> there's that's a great movie. At least I like that movie. I'm trying to think if there's anything else cool coming up. Um, I just got an invite to go drive. So the, the PR person who invited me to Wide Open Baja mm-hmm. Was very had very kind words to say about the video. I don't. I'm not going to repeat them, but just say he was very, very kind and very happy to see the video. And uh, he said, "Let me know if you ever want to drive a tank." And that has me, my curiosity peaked, a bit. I'm curious about that. Oh yeah, of course. Now, uh, so we got that coming up, um, but. That's it for 264. Chris, why don't you tell everybody about Shout Engine? As usual, if you decide that you want to do a whole podcasty type thing and talk about things that people may or may not care about on the interwebs, go over to Shout Engine and we will set you up with the hosting to get that online real easy like. There's that. Okay, yeah. great. And then uh, please follow more Rugged Ridge content coming soon. Somebody just wrote Torque Steered. Wow, Chris doesn't look like what I imagined he did. Good or bad? I don't know. Sorry? <laughs> right? Um, Yes, there is more Rugged Ridge content coming soon. Not from me, um, but I actually do want to do more Rugged Ridge content because I'm still getting comments on that video. I got some new ones this week. Um, Those are almost like candy at this point. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking great. Uh, and I haven't deleted them. I've never gone back and responded to any of them, but, yeah. I, but I just to, I'd let it be its own thing. Um, so follow me on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Follow the Hooniverse at The Real Hooniverse. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not already, which I assume you must be if you're in here reading this stuff, listening to this stuff. Yeah. Um, Twitter. I, yeah. Go ahead, sir. I am setting up the P.O. Box tomorrow. Nice. We'll put mm-hmm. that address up soon in the description of the video. Um, at Jay Glucker on Twitter, at uh, The Hooniverse on Twitter as well. Go to Hooniverse.com to read about our So Too posts, our State of the Union project car posts, because those are really fun. We've got some motorcycle ones in there today. Can we do another comment episode from the Rugged Ridge video? I've been thinking about it. We'll, we'll see. I, I will prepare better for that. Um, yeah. It might be fun. If we do that, you know, it'd be good to see if Zach was free. Just because I just talked to Zach funny. the other day, and Zach is totally wants to come back and okay. do shows again here soon. Because He's just flying everywhere busy. all the time it's crazy busy um, um and so one taking things now so. so if we could do like just like get him back for an, a rugged ridge episode we might do it so stand by for that so don't forget please go to hoovers.com and then share that wide open video if, if you think there might be other people then like it and uh, uh share that, this new video format too just we're trying to make something of it so 